here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Hey, Chloe. Who the hell is this? Nate, I'm a friend of Sully's. Sully doesn't have any friends. I should know I'm one of them. That's not true. People love me. And what's with the spy games? Why couldn't we meet at the house? Just making sure you won't follow. <laughs> you don't think I can spot a tail? Mate, I've been on you since the airport. Really? All the way from the airport? Look, it doesn't matter. Why is he here? Why am I? Why are you here? Clearly, you didn't tell him. Chloe has the other cross. What? Did I not mention that? No, you didn't. Are you sure? Well, look, it's mine, basically, all right? Okay. So we're all going to be partners on this thing. That's the way it's happening, so get used to it. No, we're not. Look, word to the unwise, everything out of this one's mouth is an exaggeration, a half-truth or an outright lie. You know what? That is not true. See you, Sally. That's... Come on, Chloe. She'll come back, she has to. I don't think she's coming back. So? Where's the cross? It's in my bag. Check your bag, do it now. You let her take the cross? You let her take the cross. You better get that cross back! You gotta be kidding me, what a rookie mistake. Hey everybody, welcome back to Press X to Reload, where we are not really going across uncharted territory at all, though the, the name is in the title. This is all very charted territory for us. Finding the good in video game films. I am Nick Moore, and joining with me are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Wayne. Good day, everybody. And Mark. This podcast belongs in a museum. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, just the One people day. hosting it one day <laughs> <laughs> we are here to talk about uncharted another big hollywood swing at video game adaptations and my understanding is the first official movie under like the new sony productions kind of thing that they've started which has a cool logo oh, yeah. it has a beautiful logo i was excited mm -hmm. when i saw aloy show up on there <laughs> yeah. and, and kratos mm -hmm. and all that yeah. stuff and you know That's what good. give me a horizon dawn movie <laughs> with Aloy. For uh, sure. Though, as a side note, apparently Horizon Dawn's getting a show, but it's about the fall of mankind, not about oh, the I dinosaurs a thousand years later. Cool. It's like you're missing the point. It's the primitive people versus dinosaurs that makes it cool. Whatever. This is their first big swing, and they swing big. You have massive names behind this. This has been a, what, 10-year project and development of Sony's trying to get this thing to happen? For sure. Yeah. It took so long that their original choice to play Nathan Drake, Mark Wahlberg, has aged to the point where he now plays the older mentor, Sully. That's mm -hmm. how long yes. this writhed in development hell. Mm -hmm. It really just comes down to, is it worth it? Did they make something solid out of this? Or is it another Indiana Jones clone? And if it is, are the games also just an Indiana Jones clone? Now, I've already seen it. I have my thoughts on it. I know Mark has seen it because he sat beside me when we watched it. Once again, Wayne, you are the unknown in the equation. I'm starting with you. 
so again, this is about finding the good in video game adaptations. And honestly, this might be one of the truest adaptations I think I've seen. This film, the pacing, the writing, the sets, it's a, it's one of the Uncharted games. Like, yeah. I can't even deny that. Now, if I want to get into casting, that would be the only problem I have with this film. Okay. I'm not saying any of them are bad, but they are definitely not the right choice. Okay. Um, I did like the movie a lot. We had a lot of good fun with it. I, I really think they captured what the games are like. But again, I, I thought Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland were, were good, but I still don't think they're the right choice for those two characters. I had a hard time with some of their relationship how it was written a little differently than the games but for what it was I thought the I thought this was adapted incredibly well like this felt like an uncharted game and yeah. that's what's most important mm-hmm. fair enough mark how about yourself revisiting it several months later yeah you know I, I would say even revisiting it again not nitpicking the thing my initial reservations were around like what I perceived to be is this like a young Indiana Jones story why is why is Drake so young but <laughs> I will say that I like Tom Holland in this. I like the, I enjoy this movie. It's a fun enough ride to Wade's point. Yeah. Like there are very uncharted moments in it, which is what it's trying to do. So, you know, hats off. And the weird thing for me is I like Tom Holland. I even like him in this. There are just times. I don't know what he's missing, but he's missing a little bit of that Nathan Drake charisma. at Correct. times. That's what I said. He's good, but it's the wrong cast. He's good. And Mark Wahlberg drags the movie down for me in some scenes. <laughs> I agree. Because he's missing Sully. He's okay. missing I 100% agree. some of Sully's charm. So looking at the good, I actually don't mind some of their chemistry together at times. Like I think they banter off each other well. I think it works. There are just times, especially with Mark Wahlberg, I get pulled out of the Uncharted mood. But it's not by much. It is still really good. And you know what? Fun, crazy pace movie, beginning to end, it's quite the ride. So, Oh, fair enough. And I can see exactly what you're both saying. There's a question of whether or not they're miscast, right? And I don't know if they're necessarily miscast. I do think that this film might actually have benefited from staying in development hell five more years. Because I think both of them mm-hmm. are five years too young to play the role they've been given. Agreed. Tom Holland is just at that point where he's not quite old enough to be the Drake you expect, like a 30-year-old man being Drake. And Mark Wahlberg isn't quite old enough to be Sully in the sense of a guy who's past his prime doing this kind of globetrotting adventure. Mark Wahlberg tries to sell the whole, I'm too old for this, and he makes a few cracks about it. And he allows himself to get beat up a little bit to show that he's past it but I still have trouble believing that he's getting Agreed. winded and pushed around. Well, he's just a little shy of it. Yeah. Right. And he's so buff. So like, there is that, you know, like he's he, in decent he, shape for a guy past his prime. Yeah. And you know, my only fault flaws with the casting is, you know, you say five years for Tom Holland. I think that would do I it. I think he's one of those guys that in five years, he's still going to look 22. The, but like, the right, the writing still has to make sense with that character. So the problem with Tom Holland, like you said, is, yeah, in five years, but if they still write a story like this where he seems to know everything about history, but he's never really had an adventure. But when he has this adventure, it's like he's had 10 previous adventures. So there's a misstep there of 
But this is his first mm-hmm. adventure, and he's treating it like his tenth. And where when you play the first Nathan Drake game, Uncharted, this isn't his first adventure. True. <laughs> You've no. already learned he's been doing this for a while, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't. It, it, it just didn't feel right that he was so young, new, like he was just a bartender, and all of a sudden. Now this is a big first adventure. He knew too much, I felt like, for his first adventure. I'll give it a little bit of a pass because of his relationship to his brother and the fact that he picked up some theory from him. Sure. But the Absolutely. globetrotting and shooting and all of that, okay, fine. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like he takes the action a little bit too much in stride for a guy who's never done it before. And I think Tom Holland is more than a good enough actor that they could have tweaked the character a bit to be like what is going on like he could have been freaking out a little bit more and find his groove as the movie went on in my opinion it's funny so if we look at it the movie opens up with a fantastic sequence it opens up with the plane sequence and then rewinds from there to show how he got there and in the plane sequence when he wakes up dangling from the the cargo that is hanging from the plane and guys are trying to attack him the first one that he kicks to get him off of him he's like oh my god i'm so sorry when he kicks the guy off and the guy tumbles to his death that's the first person he actually kills in the whole movie. Yeah. And you see it at the beginning, yeah. but then you rewind. Because Crin's like, what does he mean he's so sorry? He knew he was killing him. I'm like, yeah, but he's never killed anyone to that point. Yeah. But And even then, he's not given a chance to like dwell on it. And it's not a movie where you're going to have this big, moody, oh man, I took a life. It's an action-adventure film. But he doesn't get really into any kind of like true action hero-y territory up until the plane sequence. Everything until then, he does crazy stuff, but it's things where I'm like, ah, he might have done something that stupid in his days as a thief. Like the whole museum sequence, I can buy his attempt at it. It just goes really sideways. Yep, agreed. But he's lacking a maturity is really what it comes down to, not just in his performance in the writing they've given to it. He's starting off too early for what they want him to do. That's what it is. It's the writing. But I really like the chemistry between the two of them, their version of Drake and Sully, who are just at each other's throats, do not trust each other at all. I like that it's an entire movie devoted to two thieves that actually have to have a bond of trust. And every other thief in the story trusts no one. And does not the, learn to trust anyone, and it burns all of them. The only, the only issue I had with well Sully is, is that they wrote him. Sully's actually a big teddy bear. He's got a huge heart. And they don't really show that until maybe the final scenes of this film. And that's not how their relationship develops in the game. And the scene that breaks it for me for Sully, which we'll probably get to, is right in the middle when they're when they get to those big jars of salt. Mm-hmm. And he gets betrayed by Chloe. How cold Sully is to Nathan there is not Sully. It was like way too cold for Sully's always been very protective. Hey kid, when he, even when he met him as sure. a kid, it's always hey kid. He's always been that very protective of him. And that just that scene was like, oh man, that just does not feel like something Sully would ever do. He just he didn't care about him. He just wanted to know. I don't care about you, and I don't care that your brother might be dead. I just want to know. Do you have any information? And it just it did not feel like Sully. It's a little colder for him than we're used to. Mm-hmm. But they do that so they can have some growth with him, too. It leads towards both those characters growing, so I accept it. But yeah, it's he's pretty cold-hearted for the first half of this movie. Yeah. Anyway, going back to the beginning, you have that crazy plane sequence where 
I mean, yeah, we know some of it's CG. I mean, there's no way he's up thousands of feet in the air hanging off of cargo that's hanging from the back of a plane. But apparently enough of it is green screen with real stuff happening. The Tom Holland said this is the hardest film he's had to make physically because at least the Spider-Man stuff, he's like, no, no, no. That's usually a CG character on screen. I do a few flips Mm -hmm. and it's fine. I have nothing protecting my face in this. I have to be on camera. So good for him. Yeah pretty impressive he's whipping around leaping off these things the whole sequence of him trying to get back up onto that plane just to have a car drive at him and for you listening dear listener that's right a plane thousands of feet in the air he manages to get back onto it after getting thrown from it and gets thrown from it again by a car this is the movie we're watching (laughs) which is right from uncharted 3 it really really is and it's both to the credit and detriment of this film. It does a really good yes. job of trying to convey the sort of grand action sequences and character that the games have. Agreed. The games are really successful because they're basically a movie that you control. Yes. This is a passive medium. This is film. You've taken away the one thing that truly makes the Uncharted games stand out, the interactivity, it's hard for the Uncharted series to stand on its own legs if you take that away, which is why I feel like they made some changes to this to give it a little bit of a little bit of a different flavor. And some of it works and you some know, of it doesn't. But they were ice skating uphill from the beginning on this. And I, I just some of the set pieces and the things like I was like, oh, cool. It feels very Uncharted like. But there were also times where I was like, it felt too fan servicey. Like, OK, again, the plane scene, it's right out of three. It's awesome. It's a it's a fun action scene. It was hell of a lot of fun to play. And if you never played the Uncharted, that's probably a really cool scene. For yeah. You. Like, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's really fan servicey. And again, the weird yin and yang of this whole movie for me is like, you go through that sequence in Uncharted three. Drake yeah. has earned the badassness to do that by the time you get to three. Yeah. Um, because you've been doing it with him. If felt a little like really already like how are you going to top this like this they saved this for the (laughs) third game how are you going to top this but a fun sequence like again i think the action's fun like it's it's and that goes back to what i was saying it feels like his 10th adventure when it's still only his first yeah (laughs) yeah and it it is absolutely trying to capture and i think sometimes a bit of all of them a bit of Indiana Jones and National Treasure. It's got this Mm -hmm. weird love child thing happening, and it works for most of it. And the, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. The one thing that actually surprised me was that they actually didn't do anything supernatural by the end. I was a little disappointed. Same here. Same here. Because every Uncharted somehow leads to something supernatural. The only one that doesn't use anything supernatural is the fourth one. Yeah. And this one borrows elements and from Legacy. the fourth I don't know one. If you played Legacy. Well, no, Legacy. I haven't played. Le- uh, no, I haven't played either. the the spin off one with with Chloe. Um, with Chloe. Oh, it's, but dude, this one, it's amazing. It's actually really good. Try it. Play. This it. one borrows elements <laughs> from the third one with the plane sequence. It borrows the two ships from the fourth one. It borrows the subplot with his brother that isn't introduced until the fourth yeah. one. Yeah. And yet it all takes place. Before the first one, because the end credit stinger is about <laughs> Roman and the Nazi map, which is the yeah. first one. Correct. So it's clearly mm-hmm. not an adaptation. It's a remix. It's its mm-hmm. own thing. And that's fine. 
Mm-hmm. Agreed. But to have those crazy high-flying action sequences this early in it, I see where you're coming from, that it's how did he become this awesome this quick, and where does he go from here? Yeah, that's my only... And it's a fair complaint. I don't even want to call it... Yeah, and I don't even want to call like, it... Even, like, even in the game terms, when I, when I played... Fun. Oh, sure. When I played the first game, I didn't feel like Nate could do what he did in part three. Okay. <laughs> but by the time you got there... By the time did. he got to part three, <laughs> I felt like, yeah, this is probably possible with a lot of luck. I feel like by a film standpoint, they're looking at it as, if we can get a franchise, cool, we can do other things. But if we can't, what do we want to see on screen? And there is maybe a concern from the screenwriter of, we want to see these key things happen and let's write a film around those set pieces. Which happened to the games eventually. I know that they lost their chief writer from uh, the first three by the time they went to the fourth one. She said uh, that the the breaking point was they would give her things like the tanker sequence where it's filling up with water. They want to do that scene. Write the plot so that it'll happen. (laughs) And it wasn't, I get to write a story and you guys make action sequences. It had flipped the other way of, we want these action sequences to happen and you're going to give us a plot that makes it happen. And she became frustrated with it. And maybe that's the mm-hmm. same kind of thing here, where they're letting the action sequences dictate, dictate. where the narrative is going to go. Agreed. And, and I, I beautiful, I felt like that, but a little bit confusing. <laughs> yeah, and yes. I, I, th- I think right now, even the way we've been talking here the last five minutes, it sounds a little more harsh. But this is a good movie. It's this a is good a fun movie. movie. It's a good movie. The, 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 it's a fun ride. The, the acting is good. The characters are good. They got good chemistry. I think we're being a little. It, we might sound more harsh because for the last five minutes we've been kind of a little nagging on it, but well, it's actually more of a nitpick. We're just It's pretty- really, yeah, it is a nitpick, and here's the thing. In my opinion, if you're a big fan of the games, you'd like this film, but you'd have the same nitpicks. That's if it. If you weren't a fan of the games, you'd just go, well, that was a cool film. Mm-hmm. I think that nitpick yeah. only exists for anyone who's played, but it's not something where it would completely turn you off from it and make you hate it. You just go, oh, well, that was a weird choice because you've seen the better version, right? To me, the biggest, weirdest thing is you have, after, you know, him hanging from the plane and they decide to go back 15 years and you have him with his brother in the orphanage and his brother has to take off because he's going to end up in prison because he, you know, keeps trying to steal from the museum. When they have that shot of young Nathan Drake sitting on the bed, a tear going down his eye because he's got this note from his brother and now he's on his own. And then it fades into Tom Holland and says present day. I'm looking at him going, you don't look 15 years older. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like telling me that's older. 15 years? <laughs> five, maybe. <laughs> The yeah, fact he that they actually doesn't do, have his serving license. Well, they do the like the transition fade, like it's supposed to go to an older person, and he barely looks older. No, I, yeah. It was a really odd yeah. decision because there's other ways they could have done that in terms of editing and cutting to have you change perspectives or characters without doing a crossfade, and that crossfade hurt it, in my opinion. It made it funny. And that's where Tom Holland comes <laughs> yeah. across more of a pretty boy. Where you need like a, like a Harrison Ford style, the rugged, the rugged looking guy, the Nathan Fillion looking guy. You know what He's I mean? He's got the like, same thing DiCaprio had. He's gonna <laughs> yeah. look young until he doesn't, but he'll exactly. look young longer it, than yes. everybody. And that doesn't suit Nathan yes. Drake. He needs scars. No. He needs wear. He's an archaeologist. <laughs> yeah, it's weird though. Over the course of the film, he actually seems to get older. By the time he's at the end of it. I actually believed him in the role. Oh, hats off to the wardrobe. <laughs> and I, I, I want to say, like, it's, I'm so glad you mentioned that because 
I absolutely do feel as the movie goes on, Tom Holland's acting is good enough. I start to buy him as Nathan Drake. Oh yeah. So sure, the absolutely. more it goes on, by the time he puts on that double holster, I'm <sighs> in. We and will I get to that. It, That's my I favorite moment of the yeah. film. I think if there's future movies, yeah. I think Sully will start to become more like the Sully we know. Because by the end of it, they definitely start showing, okay, he's bonding with Nate. He's feeling for him. He's, he's got the mustache. He's, he's becoming a friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're going to see more of the Sully we, we do know if there's going to be a sequel. Well, Mark Wahlberg can't stay fit forever. So we're going to see the Sully that we expect yeah. eventually. With the gray hair. <laughs> the white hair. But you have him yeah, now in I the think, prison. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I think one of the things that Tom Holland does well, and it, the, the nearest comparison I can make, it's the Tom Cruise-Jack Reacher effect. Okay. If you yeah. are a fan of Jack Reacher, when they cast Tom Cruise, you're like, they casted the smallest guy to be this big brute. So when you see the Jack Reacher TV show, you're like, yes, right from day one, that guy is a brick in <laughs> house, and yes, I believe he's as dangerous as everyone reacts. Whereas it takes you a while, but Tom Cruise's acting is good enough, he captures the attitude of Reacher, so you're like, yeah, I get it. Sure. It's the same thing that Tom Holland does. When you physically first see him, if you know anything about the Uncharted series, you're like, oh god, what have they done? And as the movie goes on, you're like, yeah, I got it. I got it. A lot of it is him selling it with dialogue during the action. Because if you've played Uncharted... Which is so important. Nathan Drake can't shut up. Yes. (laughs) He's constantly, not just quipping, because I know some people like quips, some people hate them, but just simple things like the, oh God, when he's trying to get out of the way of something. Crap, 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 crap. Right. (laughs) And it struck me as weird. I got two-thirds the way into this, and I was like, it's weird hearing Spider-Man say (laughs) so many times (laughs) when he's in trouble. But that's like Tom Holland do the, oh, like diving into the way of something or just simple things like when he's in the heist and he gets cornered by those dudes up on the walkway before he makes the jump and that like step forward to try and do a front kick to someone and just bounces off the dude, lands on the ground, just the, ah, crap, no, and then tries to get away. It's a realistic reaction and it's exactly the kind of thing that you would have Nathan Drake say as you're playing if you screw up a shot he says something when you go to make a crazy leap he screams out loud because he's (laughs) terrified and I think Tom Holland really captures that he captures the the day-to-day kind of yeah he's supposed to be a badass but he's not a fearless badass Mm -hmm. he's still fully aware that he's constantly in peril and I like that it's cool Yeah. yeah Yeah. And he can actually do the crazy arms flailing leap that Nathan Drake does in the games. I mm. I love that jump. He does it a few times in this where he's trying to make some 15, 20 yeah. foot leap and his arms are going, his legs are going. I, mm. Just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? The windmill, I love it. You see him slowly become Nathan Drake and the, the last thing I'll pound on about it for is the music because I was so annoyed with this movie for 80% of it because I'm like where is the theme and then Uncharted has one of the most recognizable video game themes in my opinion I can hum it it's on my phone I love it it's great it's nowhere in this movie because they put something else up until two moments when you have Nolan North, the actual voice actor for Drake, which was do funny. his cameo, which is a fun, cute mm-hmm. cameo. But as he's on screen, 
you hear like this soft woodwind version of the Nathan Drake theme. I thought, okay, Tom Holland's a different version, so he doesn't get that theme. But hey, Nolan North showed up and he gets it, and I made my peace with it. But then, Then near the very end, after Drake knocks down a bad guy, takes the holster from him so he can put the holster around him, he's got the gray shirt, he's got the necklace, the holster on him, and now the theme kicks in properly for him, I smiled like an idiot. I I grinned ear to ear. Yes. I turned to Christina, I'm like, oh, that's the theme. (laughs) And then he hears somebody up above him, whips around, pulls the gun to fire off at him, was like, I've done that shot. That is iconic. I was so happy there. Yeah. And if they make a sequel, that better be the bloody theme going forward. Yeah, I yes, agree. Right from the beginning. The, yeah. This is the equivalent, yeah. in my opinion, of Casino Royale didn't do the Bond theme until the very end of the film. And I accepted it because it's the origin of Bond. This is the origin of Drake. Now he's got the theme. You keep it. Yeah. You hold it close. Yeah. You start the credits of the next but movie with it. That, to me... Yes. That's why I accept the way that Holland kind of portrays him in this film. It is building Drake. So the fact that he's not quite that persona and becomes that over time, I'm good with it. He does accept the outlandish things a little too quickly. Fine. Yeah. And it's an interesting choice that sometimes Hollywood makes, right? Where, like, trust your audience. As players of the game, you just accept that Drake's been doing this for a while. When you go to sit down, you watch Indiana Jones... You just accept that Dr. Jones just does this. This is just oh, his sure. life. You don't need to see the build. And I think this movie would have been better if, again, maybe they recasted it older, but if he just stepped into the shoes of, of Drake. Agreed. If this was his We didn't need adventure. to see how they met. Don't need to see it. You don't need to, you know, yeah. We didn't need to see it in the first game. Well... From a Hollywood standpoint, I think the difficulty that we run into is so many origin stories have proven successful now. Rebooting Bond and doing an origin, the Dark Knight trilogy, everything that is the MCU. Origin stories seem to be a meal ticket right now, so it doesn't surprise me that Hollywood and Sony would make the decision to do an origin of Nathan Drake rather than have him already show up fully fleshed. I mean, they did the same thing with Tomb Raider. They rebooted that, and it was an origin story of Laura Croft becoming a badass. The origin story is what they want to do right now, so it didn't shock me at all. But the games don't do that. The difference with Tomb Raider? <laughs> yeah, like, the difference with Tomb Raider is the game they adapted it from was a reboot. Sure. This is different. But this yeah. one doesn't straight up adapt. This one cherry picks. Either way, yeah, yes. I know all four games. why they made the decision. I don't always agree with it, but they make the best of it in this. They make it work. If nothing else, they really show you it's hard to be a thief when every thief can't trust another thief. Oh, man. Yeah. The number of betrayals and double crosses in this movie. Yes. Culminating in, and I'm amazed, Corinne was not surprised by this at all. I am surprised by the Banderas double cross. I was thoroughly surprised yeah. by yeah, it. I agree. Caught we were both like, okay, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Yeah. And again, for you, listener, if you haven't seen the movie, stop listening to us. Go watch it and come back. Antonio Banderas dies. There we go. It's too late now. <laughs> they build yeah, Antonio Banderas up. Oh, yeah. Spoiler Like alert. he's the big villain of this. And he has yeah. an yeah. evil henchwoman that he has hired, another thief who knows Sully, who's been dogging them the whole way. And Chloe's another thief who is working with him, but 
planning to double cross him, but has already double crossed them because double crossing just happens everywhere. But they keep presenting him as the big bad. He had his father murdered in cold blood because he wants these crosses and he wants this fortune. Even and then the when he's speech. almost there in the middle of a big speech, the evil henchwoman just straight up murders him and the crew goes for it. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. I did yeah. not believe what I was watching. And I was looking at Corinne when it's happening. I want to see her reaction. And she just nodded like she knew it was yeah. coming. <laughs> They deep blue seed him. They Samuel L. Jackson him in deep blue yeah. sea, and they waited for the third act basically to do it, yeah. which is why you don't see it coming. But uh, you know, I think it worked. It worked really well. It worked. It cemented the it henchwoman is just purely yeah. threatening. She's yeah. terrified. Mm-hmm. But yes. I couldn't believe that Corinne wasn't surprised by it. Oh well, yeah, especially since the the version that we watched the other day, uh, I wasn't able to to get a hold of a version. Normally I try and pay for things, but I was short on time and resources. So I had a copy that I had torrented, but I didn't have subtitles. So every time that Banderas' character is talking to his father, they speak in their native language and that's all they use. And Chris didn't understand a word, but I've seen the film. So I was just dubbing it over for her and giving my rendition of what they say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am your father. Well, we will not wonderful, sell the key. heartfelt confrontation uh, where, what are you doing? Oh, I stand in front of this tall building. I come here to think. Because I couldn't remember what he says. Okay, I'm going to kill you now, Father. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Go to cars so I Just can kill the, you. You can't have the crosses, yeah. but I want the crosses over my dead body. That's what will happen. Okay. I should write scripts. <laughs> <laughs> but it still made we've, sense. Their acting was fine. We've seen worse dialogue. We've we have. seen way worse dialogue. We really have. But it worked well enough. I mean, in your defense, Nick, I watched the entire Street Fighter movie without <laughs> subtitles, <laughs> and they were speaking Japanese for ninety-eight percent of it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you understood the emotion and I of the scene. It. That's right. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> but, but I don't speak Japanese. It's neat. Some of the stuff they do in that, and I find like the action sequences are really cool. But I was actually more entertained by the the constant double crosses and who can you trust and the puzzle solving things that they have in this because they're very reminiscent mm-hmm. of the games in terms of like how to use the crosses as keys and combining them together and the postcard thing I thought was really cool. So can I talk about my only – it's the only puzzle that bothers me? Sure. <laughs> so the crosses thing. Okay. One of the keyholes is in the middle of like, I don't know, what is that? Like a coffee shop or whatever? A club oh, the rave bar. Uh, perf- no, not the rave bar. Oh, the Papa it's John's. Sully- oh, oh yeah, yeah when Papa behind John's. the glass. It's behind the glass of the Papa John's. And again, it took me out of it for a moment because, again, just my stupid brain. I was just like, wait a minute. This is like clearly a highly valuable piece of ancient art and you just like build a Papa John's around the wall. <laughs> it seems so, so like <laughs> on the one hand, so I get random. what you're saying. On the other hand, I so love random. that there's this one wall that's glassed up with this beautiful tapestry. And as Sully's trying to follow them, cause they're in the sewers going through there and he's above them with the, the phone and like, Sully, are you any closer to the treasure? He's like, I am literally in a Papa John's right now. <laughs> yes. That made me laugh. I thought that yeah, was really yeah. funny. 
it's good comedy. It's everything. It was Does it just make one of those sense? moments. No. Like, I, I do. I do think it's cool though weird. that that what would normally be, let's say, let's call it a dungeon, that because mm-hmm. it's so old, that parts of the dungeon have actually been carved out with modern, you yeah. know, uh, buildings and stuff. So you're actually going out of a dungeon into a, a bar, and then through another part mm-hmm. of the dungeon into a Papa, jo- you know, yeah. under a Papa John's. Where I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Weird. They need to explain why they never thought to dig further or find out what that was. But <laughs> but I'll I'll the... just let that go. Yeah, yeah exactly. A, a bit of suspension of disbelief required. But because yeah. it does change up the scenery and not just give you, ooh, look, another spooky tomb, I like that they actually were able to work in a little bit of a little bit of variety to it. I thought that Agreed. was kind of neat. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it's got some positives. It's the, again, total nitpick that just made me be like, huh? Okay, hmm. I'm back. Like, I was out of it for a second. And I was like, okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm suspending Guaranteed. I'm back into it. This globetrotting adventure, like most of them, if you start thinking about it too hard... They collapse under their own weight. There's no best screenwriting given to the National Treasure films of the world, and that's okay. That's not why I'm there. I'm there for one-liners, for cool get-me-out-of-this-solutions, for just sheer spectacle. And this movie has got some pretty good spectacle to it. Yes, it does. So, yeah, like, there's a number of, you know, good elements in this between puzzle and spectacle. I mean, we've touched on some of it. You have the plane sequence at the beginning, which... You get a little bit of what's going on, but you don't quite understand. And then as the film catches up to it, you see the whole sequence, the fight inside the plane, dodging all of the cargo things, getting hit by them, climbing back up, getting hit with a car, like I mentioned. But like the heist has some really smart stuff to it. The rooftop chase, it's almost like you'll have, you know, five or ten minutes of exposition and character mixed up at least well enough because, God, there's a lot of exposition in this but mixed up with yeah. enough banter and character that you don't feel like they're just screaming plot points at you, but they'll always throw in an action sequence to to kind of keep you engaged. It has a really decent pace to it, uh, which is nice. Oh, yes. Some of these films can lag in the middle, and yeah. this one doesn't. You never go more than five or six minutes without something happening, thank God, because <laughs> it yeah. runs for two hours. So you need that kind of energy, and everyone brings enough energy to it even mark Wahlberg, who's playing sully and he's supposed to be oh i'm past my prime and i can't do this he still has a mental energy to it and a frustration with everything i love how much he seems bothered by the fact that no one trusts him despite the fact that for most of the film you only ever see him betray people (laughs) i know (laughs) he only ever betrays people turns against them leaves them behind and yet, anytime someone brings this up, he's like, hey, hold on, I'm not so bad. <laughs> I love it. Again, those are the moments where I don't mind him as Sully, but he's missing just a little bit of the charisma of Sully. Just something missing. Yeah. He's maybe dialed a little bit too too much in the direction of bastard. That's what it is. Because yeah. I never felt like, yeah. no matter what Sully did, I never felt like he was a dickhead or anything like that. He, if anything, Sully feels more mysterious than, yeah. like you said, than a bastard. <laughs> well, the first game, at one point, Drake thinks that Sully is actually turned against him. But Correct. that's the only game where he ever thinks that. Mm-hmm. Past that, he never questions Sully's loyalty. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. have, like, I don't know if you want to call it a father-son relationship or, or not, or just Almost. a mentor relationship, but it's close. 
but the first one's the only one and that's why it doesn't bother me too much in this because the first one by the chronology they've created with this story takes place after it which so i agree they i still start just off find more antagonistic more, i just find he's way too more intense he's harsher yeah. he's far more cold that's True. all it is yeah. that's all it is and that's fair, but everyone's more intense than this. Like, even Tom even Holland's Chloe. Drake <laughs> has way more baggage than you're used to. Yeah. He has a huge yeah. chip on his shoulder about his brother. Now, granted, in the games, they don't even bring up a brother to, like, the fourth one. But he seems more happy-go-lucky in the games than he does in this. And in the games, he's already murdered a few hundred people before you meet him. <laughs> yeah, and that's the missing charisma piece from him. They're both good in it. Again, I can't say this enough. They're both good in it. There's this, like, just smidge of charisma that's missing. Mm-hmm. And the best I could describe it is Drake is so cavalier and devil may care in the games that he sucks you in. And okay. Sully is just such a lovable rogue that even if, again, playing the first game, even. If you don't really trust him, he's kind of a lovable rogue. He's charming. They just took him a little out of the lovable here, and they made yeah. Drake, again, a little too intense here. That's it. Other than mm-hmm. that, their their sure. banter is good. The their chemistry is good. good. They sell the action. Chemistry is well. Like, it's a good movie. Yeah. And yeah, their banter is a high point. One of my favorites when they're down, like going into the church, and they've got the crosses and they've inserted them. And Sully's sitting there reading off on, like, the little book they have. And Drake goes, okay, so what do we do now? And Sully goes, turn it clockwise. And he sounds so confident. Just turn it clockwise. And Chloe and Drake turn it. And darts come flying out, almost murder everyone. And Drake doing the, Sully, what the hell was that? He's like, that's 50-50. I took a shot. What do you want from me? That's very Sully. He had no idea. That's Sully. That's very Sully. Sully. Well, just the, what do you want? It's 50-50. I took a shot. Yeah. He's like, well, now you know. Turn it counterclockwise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a great moment. Like Moments like that That are what make the the relationship between them work for me mm-hmm. yeah right things mm-hmm. like that or like drake going i'm gonna need yeah i'm gonna need wire cutters i'm gonna need a good suit i'm gonna need a cat to pull off this heist and then he's like all right i got you the suit i got you the wire cutter like what what is the cat for oh it's not for me it's for you 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 lead a super sad life you could use it <laughs> <laughs> yes a super sad best. life and I just love it from the, I'm not keeping this cat too. Has somebody checked on the cat? I've got to oh make sure they God. feed my cat. Just my the, man on the, my cat. the man on the app yeah. said he'd feed uh, my cat. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yes. I don't know what's more adorable. The fact that you have someone taking care of the cat or that you refer to him as the man in the app. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Like that kind of yeah. stuff is what makes it work. If they didn't have Agreed. that chemistry, the characters are different mm-hmm. enough that it would probably fall apart. So kudos to Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Agreed. They legitimately Agreed. have chemistry together. Agreed. More yes. so yes. than any romantic relationship this movie tries to imply ever happened. Because they try to imply yeah. evil henchwoman and Sully had a thing. I'm not buying it. Yeah. No. They try to make it sound like Chloe and Sully might have had a thing. Or that Drake and Chloe are going to have a thing. I'm not buying it. Ever. Mm. Agreed. In fact, it's so funny you say that because I absolutely missed that the henchwoman had a thing with Sully 
because I just thought they were partners and not romantic. That's how bad it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> and she makes... I did not even see it. Didn't she makes solutions it. to it when she's beating the snot out of him in the Papa John's. Mm-hmm. Like, she wraps yeah. her legs around him. And she's like, oh, remember this, Sully? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, clearly you guys had a thing going, but you can say yeah. it all you want. I'm not buying that you went anywhere near this version of Sully. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't win you over. No. <laughs> and it's, again... It's it's funny. I took out of that that she'd kicked his ass before. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm misreading it. Yeah. Maybe I, you're I right. Genuinely, I genuinely did not see the romance. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I misread it, but Oh my god. I mean, and they make a point with Sully constantly berating Drake about Chloe going, Look, kid, she's not really into you. You can't trust her. And he follows her around like a lovesick puppy, but I don't really get why. Hmm. I mean, she's pretty, but outside of that, there's pretty people all throughout this thing. He may as well fall in love with the blonde that he steals the necklace from at the beginning. Like, he had more chemistry with her. I think Drake's just more attracted to the type of conversations he can have with a woman like that, right? They share the same passion, same hobby. Yeah, maybe that's it. The movie cheats there. And plays off for of sure. how young Tom Holland for looks. Sure. It, it's basically making Tom Holland seem young and immature because he's chasing like a puppy dog. It's cheating off of the way he looks, um, as opposed to them earning that in some way. But yeah, like that's the only relationship thing where I was like, ah, you guys can write it in the script, but you're not selling it to me at all. Yeah. And I mean, they don't pursue it too hard. It's not like anyone actually ends up no. with anybody. But they really do try and sell that, oh, Chloe makes tough decisions betraying them. I, I don't think she's making hard decisions betraying them because she doesn't seem to really like either of them. <laughs> no. But it does show growth of Drake's character that he anticipates a betrayal from her and actually plants like false evidence of where the treasure is going to be as a loyalty mm-hmm. test. I thought that yeah. was cool. It shows Same that, here. And I like that even Sully's like, you're learning, kid. Good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, little things like that that show his progression over it and show him becoming the version of Drake that you can kind of get behind. The the right. one that we're used to, yes. who actually knows Agreed. what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it is a good origin story, but I don't know if we were looking for an origin story. Well, I, I agreed. Again, <laughs> if it does force you to, uh, again, suspend disbelief then, given how well he deceives her, that they end up at the same place. Like, it's just such... The plot said so. Like, it's just like the reason they end so, up in the same place at the end is because the, the contrivances like, of yeah. she still and well, she ends up there by the end watching them like take off. So fine. But the contrivance of he sends everyone in the wrong direction and then drives by the bad guys in his <laughs> boat so that they can see where he's going anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like you couldn't have sent them yeah. maybe a further off the path or maybe yeah. didn't choose to drive past them, maybe sneak by like a yeah. thief, one might say. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll he's young out. and stupid, so I accept it. Sully sure. didn't mm-hmm. do that. Sully was smarter. Correct. Right? But you have all this stuff and you have, I gotta say, I don't think I've ever seen an action sequence at the end quite as outlandishly ambitious as what they tried to do <laughs> yeah. without the yes. supernatural involved. You have flying yes. pirate ships but yeah. it's not yes. supernatural. Right. Yeah. That I is thought, not I something I would have called. I thought it worked. I don't know how the ships got in there. 
I don't know how the ships got in there. Corinne had exactly the same question. She's like, he you had to swim underneath caring? rocks to get to them. Yes. How'd they get in there? I assume a cave-in. Hey, like centuries of past. the end. Right? That is so over the top <laughs> that if you're questioning it, you're asking the wrong questions. You've been sitting through the wrong movie this entire time. Yeah. By the time that boat scene happens, you should know better. This is the ride you've been on the whole time and just <laughs> shut up and have fun. Because it's a lot of fun. Whoa. It's ridiculous and awesome in equal measure. Oh, yeah. It's a very awesome. good scene. It feels like <laughs> something out of the game. It does. Yeah. It feels like something right happened out of the, in the game. game. Swashbuckling, swinging ship to ship. Yeah. Oh. It's the only time in the movie where I was like, huh, you did the game there. I kind of wish I played that sequence. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yes. I wish I had a controller there. Because that's pretty awesome. You've got two gigantic pirate ships being levitated across the sea in helicopters that can somehow sustain their weight, and our heroes are fighting on those ships against bad guys to try and climb up to the helicopter to steal the ships? What? And they're like pirates swinging yeah. over to try yeah. and take over? Like, it's great. It's so good. It's amazing. It so good. And you have wonderful things like when they first realize the bad guys are climbing on there, and Drake goes to hide and Sully doesn't want to. He's like, look, you can stay up here and get shot in the head, or you can come down and cuddle with me for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> again the good chemistry points oh Love just it. you can come down here for a cuddle i died <laughs> i thought that was great yes but like all of their action fighting there the especially the action on the ship where it's following how like sully gets knocked back by one of the goons down into the actual ship like through the the door leading down into it and then Drake is fighting for a minute, and just as he's about to get, like, knocked out or attacked, the door swings back open, and Sully comes out pushing the goon and saves him. There's a really good, like, seesaw effect back and forth of the action where, at first, they're accidentally helping each other out. Yeah. And by the end of it, they're actually tag-teaming and purposely helping each other out. Mm. It was really cool and organic. I thought that was pretty yeah. neat. Again, no, it ended strong. It's a badass scene. It's ridiculous. And it's appropriately so. It is so much fun. It puts a smile on my face. Like it genuinely, it genuinely does. It's yep. It's great. And it's great. And it has a good character moment where Drake is about to hit someone with the bag of gold Sully has. He says, the no 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 and stops and goes, not my gold <laughs> and sets that down <laughs> and then goes to fight the goon. Yeah. That one yes. sack of gold that Sully has managed to steal becomes like his driving force for the last 15 minutes, yeah. which is what makes it so important that when he has to choose between that bag and Drake, he chooses Drake, Yeah, which is great. Which is what Sully would do. Right. He becomes would the you. Sully that you expect by Agreed. the end of it. And Drake it also does. Him. Oh, yeah. It takes him an entire movie to get there. But even Drake yeah. is sneaky enough that he filled all of his pockets with gold. So, yeah, they almost left empty-handed, but he still had a little something for Sully. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, it's it's a good origin. Whether or not you wanted it to be an origin or not, that's what it is. And Agreed. it works really yeah. well in that sense. It's just the yes. characters are a little different than we're used to. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard to see them, again, as you said, be slightly more intense or a little bit more bastardly than we're used to. Yeah. yeah. But I would be down for a sequel, which apparently is up in yes. the air. It may or may not happen. I'd Correct. watch it. I'd watch it. I would watch it too. And it's so funny because of our podcast. This is the like perfect example of why sometimes these things don't get remade. 
or why you don't get the sequel so that you can get the characters you wanted or the deviation they chose and the path they chose to go it just disappoints the fanboys and you've got a perfectly like there is no better video game character designed for a movie than Nathan Drake and you chose to deviate from him just enough to slightly annoy the fan base so now maybe we get the Drake we deserve in the second movie or you they rebooted in 15 years maybe well I mean anyone who wants to see Nathan Drake the way that they are used to in the games I'll put a link in the podcast there is a short film that Nathan Fillion did absolutely completely fan made it's not long I think it's like 10 minutes yeah it's short yeah but it captures the spirit and the personality of Nathan Drake a little closer to what you expect out of him and still has some action, but not on the scale of a big Hollywood budget, but still manages to capture a lot of the gameplay elements. It's pretty impressive, especially as fan projects go or self-funded or whatever you want to call them. Because I mean, there's fan projects that have people like you and me, normal, you know, every day I'm doing this for kicks. And then there's fan projects with a legitimate Hollywood actor like Nathan Fillion. This yeah. is the latter of the two, and it's pretty solid. Yeah. So I'll put and a link I to it. I highly recommend you watch it. It's cool. Yeah. It I, makes me wish admit, we got an Uncharted movie 10 years ago with, with Nathan Fillion. Well, absolutely. And I, I think that, in full disclosure, that's part of what taints me ah. towards this movie, is having, having seen that, <laughs> well, you could I have. know they can do it. I know they can do it. I know they can cast it. I know they can get the tone right. They can get the acting right. And it was just a little off. Just a little, but still, good movie. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. End of the day, it's fun. And I'm firmly of the belief you'll probably enjoy it more if you're not someone who plays the games. If you're just looking for a good action movie, if you like National mm-hmm. Treasure, watch this. Yes. You will be happy. Yes. yes. At the end of the day, the point of the podcast is that this is adapted well. This is not a yes. movie that taints the whole no. uh, vid- movies from video games are horrible. This is not even remotely close no. to that category. This is a success. In my- Whether they make more or people didn't le- love it or like it, I think this worked. Yeah, I think this and is a solid film. That is my favorite thing about both this podcast and looking at these movies through our lens is this is a movie that we can agree. It's fun. Uh, they did a good job. They, they captured the spirit of it. But yet, it's in <laughs> doubt if it'll get a sequel. Like, it's just like, it's like the curse of video game movies. It's like, this is a good movie. It deserves a sequel. Genuinely, Look, from the bottom of my heart, deserves a sequel. If Resident Evil like, can get really? 73 sequels, this can get one. Hey, that was like marriage work between <laughs> Mila Jovovich and her husband. That's, I'd make her a million movies. They <laughs> they, they worked out some things, I think, on set. <laughs> Honey, you want to do Monster Hunter? No problem. I'll get it financed. We'll get it done. Resident Evil yeah. Monster Hunter. <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that. <laughs> so would I. Guilty. I absolutely would. But sequels can happen. I hope this gets one. We've seen sequels recently out of successful ones. Sonic got a sequel. The first movie was a good movie. I haven't seen the sequel yet, but I imagine it's probably solid. Mortal Kombat got a sequel. I really liked the first Mortal Kombat in both cases. Maybe sequels shouldn't always happen. <laughs> but we will I'm bring still waiting for my close. Double Dragon sequel. Oh, I would. 
I would crowdfund a Double Dragon sequel using the same actors. Bring back the same <laughs> actors to play. Like, okay, you know what? Treat it like a Top Gun Maverick. And I would start a social media petition like, I want to get like a signatures Top Gun to Maverick kind of situation <laughs> where you bring them back to have like oh one last God. adventure 25, 30, however many years later. Bring back Robert Patrick I mean, as the villain. Do the whole thing. I am down no, for in. it. I hate that movie, and I'm in for that sequel. Wayne has left the chat. <laughs> and on that note, we will draw this to a close. Wayne's but when we come chat. back, we will be looking at another Sony production. While this might be the first major Sony thing under their new label, it's not the first Sony adaptation we've seen. In the animated realm, Ratchet & Clank took a shot at the big screen. We'll see how that goes when we get back. We thank you again for joining us on Press X to Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me, as always, for Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen, thanks for having us. See you in the next one. Catch you next time. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athanas, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review, we'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.